Well done. Well done. That was certainly awesome. We hope you enjoyed that uh, video clip uh, from the children of St. Ignatius Church. If you thought that song was awesome, uh, why don't you put it down in the chat below? Yep. If you're watching this on Facebook or uh, streaming on the Archdiocese of Kuala Lumpur uh, YouTube channel or wherever you're watching this, I want you to type in a comment if you thought that was awesome. And we'd like to wish everyone a very good morning. Uh, for those of you who just joined in and started engaging with us, uh, I'd like to say good morning to Cindy Liu, Dorothy, Hillary, Ellen Co. Thank you all our regulars uh, with us this Sunday. Uh, we took a break last week, but we are back. And uh, yeah, it's an important show today because uh, if you don't know yet, we're going to be talking about the Bible. Yes, and that song, incidentally, that you just heard just now was titled Thy Word. So um, that's that's amazing. So uh, once again, good morning. My name is Kachang Kevin. And um, once again, we'd like you to help us share out this broadcast, this podcast, this uh, show, if you like. You know, if you're watching on Facebook, there's a watch button or share button. Uh, you want to tag your friends. Those of you like to tag your friends, uh, tell them to join us because today's show is going to be exciting. Yep. As usual, we're going to have our uh, Father Clarence with us and also our special guest is uh, Father GT or Father Gerard uh, from uh, Church of Divine Mercy. Uh, just a minute. And uh, Father Clarence. Good morning, Kevin. Are you still with us? You seem to have lost Kevin for a while. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome back to, to Catholics at Home. Uh, we took a, a short break last weekend uh, after almost 22 sessions that we have had. Now, I think, I believe today is our 23rd session. Uh, so we took a short break just to reevaluate. Uh, we had put up a sign saying that uh, we were on spiritual maintenance. Uh, some people were asking me, you know, what is this spiritual maintenance that we had been away for? Uh, just for us to, to recharge, to, to enjoy a free Saturday morning also. Uh, but we are back uh, and hopefully we are back with a bang uh, to continue. Uh, and so this week, uh, we thought that uh, since we are celebrating Bible Sunday tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Catholics and, and the Bible. You know, this is something that people are becoming more and more familiar with. Uh, there are many programs out there. Uh, and uh, we thought that maybe we could talk a little bit about the Bible Sunday uh, in relation to uh, the importance of the Word of God. Uh, we realized that during this time of MCO, when we were not going able to, to go to Mass, uh, the Word of God is the one that sustained us, uh, just as much as the liturgy of the Eucharist is very important. Uh, equally, the liturgy of the Word, uh, the Word of God that... that uh, helps us, that, that accompanies us, strengthens us. Uh, and I think this is a wonderful day today for us to talk about. Uh, and so this morning, for us to, to talk about uh, Bible Sunday, uh, as Kevin mentioned earlier, we have Father Gerard Terevium. Uh, so maybe we could bring him in uh, to this conversation. Good morning, Father Gerard. Good morning, Father Clarence. Uh, you have a very nice mug uh, with a picture of yourself. Interesting. <laughs> so we have Father Gerard this morning with us. Uh, Father Gerard is the parish priest of the uh, Church of the Divine Mercy. Uh, he was also the rector of the College General Seminary, uh, professor of uh, scripture. Uh, so he's the right person this morning to, to be with us uh, to talk a little bit about Bible Sunday uh, and also uh, 
Catholics and, and the Bible. So for all those who are, who are listening out there, uh, let us know if there's, there's something that you are doing for Bible Sunday uh, in your homes. I know many of us are not able to, to go to our parishes, though we are going on a rotational basis. But if you're doing something at home uh, for Bible Sunday, uh, do let us know. Uh, so let us get on to, to our discussion this morning. Uh, so Father Gerard, uh, tell us a little bit about, about Bible Sunday. Well, Bible Sunday is uh, something that the Malaysian church has done uh, in terms of having a Sunday, normally this particular Sunday, the third Sunday of uh, July. And it's been going on. In fact, yesterday I had a little conversation with the chairman of the uh, Regional Biblical Commission, uh, Bishop Cornelius Sim. I said, uh, Bishop, when did we start Bible Sunday? And he says, well, it started before I got on the commission. And so, and that he was before me. So we know that it was before 2000. So I said, well, we can say that the Malaysian church started in the last century. Okay. Uh, so we've, we've done a lot of Bible Sundays since. Okay. Uh, but Bible Sunday was basically coming out of a realization that people needed to know more about and own the Word of God as the ours. You know, very often uh, people have claimed, and I think this is a claim that's more of the past rather than the present, uh, that Catholics don't know the Bible enough. Protestants seem to be able to quote and to, you know, have their Bibles ready, but Catholics sadly um, have lagged behind. Having said that, I don't think where we've lagged behind, but I think what's happened more is the fact that we don't, we haven't paid enough attention to the Bible as a book. We hear it in church and perhaps there's a passive understanding of a lot of the Bible. But, you know, you ask a Catholic to quote scripture and verse, and that's going to be a problematic time. So Bible Sunday came out of a realization that the church needed to do more to catechize people, to encourage people to own the Bible for themselves and to pray with the Bible and to learn more about the Bible. So, you know, as a result of Bible Sunday, there's been messages every year, as there has been this year as well. Uh, but also out of that, courses and books and messages, you know, different things have come out from Bible Sunday. And what's happened is that parishes have taken it up and celebrated it at parish level so that Bible Sunday is not something that we look at the Bible just one day, but hopefully it has an effect throughout the year. And I think you, if you look at the average parish now, there's a lot more going on with the Bible than ever before. Over to you, Father. Yeah. So um, as you said, you know, we've, we've been celebrating Bible Sunday uh, since the last last century, uh, so to speak. But you know, last year uh, Pope Francis uh, uh, in September uh, he he pronounced, or at least he announced that we will have this Sunday of the Word of God. Uh, in some ways, it's supposed to be the third the third Sunday in ordinary time, which is much earlier than what what we are celebrating. Um, so something like you know like this that I, I guess. Uh, the, the church in this region, in, in Malaysia, uh, we have uh, started long before Pope Francis called us to. Uh, so you were mentioning that every year uh, we have a message. Uh, and is there something particular that, and I think this year there is a message also, uh, this with a particular theme uh, that we are invited to reflect on. 
Yes, this year the, the theme is reading the Bible with a heart. And that's, you know, very much about, you know, sometimes people look at the Bible as, you know, that's a hard book, or they take a very academic approach. But here we are saying, hey, read the Bible with a heart. So it's about having a real relationship with the person behind the Bible, the Word of God, which is Jesus. So it's an invitation to entering into a growing relationship with the Lord. And I think as you pointed out earlier, this whole pandemic situation has perhaps highlighted, you know, when we, a lot of people in the past would have thought of their connection to the Lord through the body of Christ, but the word of the Lord is just as important in the past. But sometimes maybe we've, we've not emphasized that enough. But I guess in these last few weeks, we've learned that, you know, people who have no access anymore to the Eucharist in terms of the body of Christ physically have been able to read their Bibles, to hear the word proclaimed and to grow closer in relationship with the Lord. So I think, yeah, that's, that's basically what this year's thing is. And maybe later we can look at it perhaps a bit more if you want. But yeah, that's, that's what this year's uh, theme is. The reading the Bible with the heart. Oh well, before we we proceed with this conversation, maybe to our our listeners out there, uh, if you have some questions that you'd like to post this morning regarding the Bible, uh, you could post them uh, in our comment section, uh, and we'll try and answer some of these questions uh, that you would post. So please feel free uh, to post some of your questions. Uh, coming back to to the theme uh, for the Gerard uh, with regard to reading with the heart, you know, uh, and I think this is one of the challenges that that many people have. Uh, how do you understand scripture in the sense that, you know, uh, sometimes uh, when you read it, uh, some people take it literally. Uh, sometimes when you read it, you need to know the context. Uh, so for, for, a, for an ordinary person who is reading, what, what would your recommendation be? How do we approach this uh, in terms of trying to understand and to read from the heart and not just from the head and trying to have a and intellectual knowledge because a lot of people what they do is I, I guess you know when they want to know a particular passage which i do sometimes you go on the internet and you find some commentaries and a lot of that it's very much very intellectual but you know for an ordinary person who is reading uh as pope francis says you know no one is excluded from the word of god what would your recommendation be well i want to say that when we approach the bible we shouldn't be throwing out our heads you know you can't talk of the heart alone you know, we need both the heart and head to be interfacing, if you like, you know, because otherwise the danger is that, you know, you could play biblical roulette and, you know, sort of read, you know, Judas went and killed himself and you open again, you know, the Bible and it says, go and do the same. I mean, that, the danger of doing that kind of thing, of taking a very literal approach is dangerous. But I think when we pick up the Gospels particularly, that's a lot more accessible to us, isn't it? In other Gospels, because they talk of Jesus, they are perhaps more, you know, uh, not so alien to us as, say, perhaps some of the more obscure books in the Old Testament. But I think we need always to use the, the, the heart because we need to approach it from a position of prayer, you know, the Lord is reaching out to us in his word. 
you know, it's not me going to see what, what he's saying alone, but it is he, as I read, who is wanting a closer relationship with me. And that's important to recognize because otherwise the danger with the, we, we, we stay on the head level, we read those commentaries good as they might be. And you know, on the internet, you get all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff. Some of it is not even good, you know. Uh, but the thing is at the end of the day, whatever we've heard, whatever we've read, we need to bring it down. What's God saying to me in my situation? And I think that's the most important thing. And when we come to that, having done all the, the studies we have, you know, that's what's important. You know, for me, I mean, like someone who's spent, you know, studies in, in Rome and taught the Bible and all the, but at the end of the day, you know, I can't rely just on my head. I need to say, today, Jared, what is God saying to you? And that's the important thing. Yeah. So, I'm, so I, I guess, you know, to read the Word of God uh, is, is the first step for anyone you know, to pick up the Bible. You know, sometimes I, I found that, you know, when I go for a house blessing and then when I ask them, you know, can I have the family Bible? They are running all over the house trying to look for the Bible, which probably is in, in some cupboard and hopefully not some box and, and kind of like, you know. So there's a lot of these things that, you know, that we see in our pastoral ministry also. Uh, in terms of somebody who wants to pick up a Bible to read, you know, there are many versions of the Bible. Uh, you know, of course, you know, in the seminary, we use the different one. And then when you go for your postgraduate studies, you use all the different languages, the original languages. But, you know, just maybe you could talk a little bit about the different versions of the Bible. And maybe for someone who is just wanting to pick up, uh, start reading and trying to understand, uh, what, what version of the Bible uh, would you recommend? Okay, the, the, the problem, there's a huge market out there. And sometimes it's a question of which publisher has a better outreach as well okay uh i'm looking i'm basing my comments now on what's available in the local market okay one that uh, a translation that i like and which is scholarly is the new revised standard version okay nrsv easily available in you know local bookstores uh but the language is um well, for, for those who have some level of English, uh, for the younger kids, maybe for a child, I would maybe still use the good news version. But if you're going to do something a little bit more, get into the Bible a bit more deeply, then you need to look at um, the, the something like the NRSV. But you see, a lot of Bibles have had revisions because Bibles keep being revised uh, as a result of language changing, also of people studying the ancient languages better. I have right here one, um, it just happens to be on my, my, my table at the moment, the Catholic Study Bible, which is the New American Bible. But this is the, another revised edition. So it's the latest on the market. I'm told that the Jerusalem Bible, which you and I used as, as seminarians, well, and the one that we, we read at Mass, well, that's been, been translate, uh, retranslated. And now there's even a newer version. Currently, I haven't got my, my, the latest version yet, but there is a new version on the market. So there's a lot of stuff out there. Okay? So 
again, uh, I would say, do we have a Bible that's um, readable? Because for me, I mean, there's, you know, you go and take an old Bible with thee and thou and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be hard unless you're Shakespearean in, in, in your thinking. It's hard to deal with that kind. So we need Bibles that are contemporary with language that we can understand and, and that can feed us as well. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not going to make money out of selling any Bibles today. <laughs> so you're not having a free advertisement here for a particular Bible. No. You know, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, you used a particular Bible. I just wanted to show, I mean, I kind of use this for my own study. I, I don't know whether you get to see this. I think something that, you know, uh, yeah, this is something that I found very helpful for myself uh, in, in reading and, and reflecting. But I think, I, I don't know about you, but in my own parish experience, especially with, with children, Sunday school children, uh, trying to introduce them, I found using the, the, the Good News Bible, uh, the today's English version, uh, that seems to be the, the simplest. But of course, I mean, in terms of, uh, deeper study uh, that's not but the language is just you know uh relate relatable for, for young children uh, as they grow older then we recommend something something different but uh just connected to that you know i, I i've heard and you know I, I i myself did this you know when long before i joined the seminary you know at the beginning of every year you have this resolution that you want to read the bible you know and you said and and in the mindset is that you want to read it from cover to cover you want to read it from Genesis to Revelation, you know. Uh, you start off very gung-ho with, with the book of Genesis in the month of January, and by, by February, you're coming to Deuteronomy, you're kind of like really tired out. Uh, a lot of people try and doing that, and then they give up. You know, so what approach would you talk about if somebody wants to read the Bible? You know, what would be one a, a simple approach that they could use uh, wanting to familiarize themselves uh, with, with the Scriptures? I would say start with the with, with the Gospels because that's what we want to know Jesus more, right? And you know, again, you know, the four Gospels are, are all of them different portraits of the one Jesus. Um, start with Mark, for instance. You can sit down and finish Mark within two hours, you know, at least to get an overall view, and then perhaps you know pick up uh, Matthew or Luke, you know, slowly, you know. Um, John, of course, is a bit harder. But the thing is, the danger can be we pick up only the New Testament and are, are not conversant with the old. I mean, the old has its value. Um, I'm thinking of, for instance, it's helpful to read bits and pieces of the Old Testament as a start. I, I, don't, I agree with you. It's hard to, if you're going to start from page one, you know, from Genesis and go on to Exodus and Leviticus and all that, most people are going to give up. Uh, but, you know, I used to tell my seminarians, let's do that at least once in your life. If you've never done it before, do it. You know, this might have been a good COVID-19 sort of, you know, adventure, you know, walk, walking through the Bible just to see what is there, just to have a sense of all of it and then come back to the stuff that is more relevant, that speaks to us. Like, for instance, I mean, I love the book of Psalms. You know, the book of Psalms is a book of prayer, and I think we can profitably pick up the Psalms, delve into the Psalms. After all, we, we use the Psalms at every single Mass. So that, there's a lot there. I think one way is also to follow the Mass readings, you know, because one good thing about uh, following the, the readings at Mass is that at the weekday, if you follow over two years, 
you cover a cycle of most of the most important parts of the of the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. And if you're looking at the Sunday readings, it takes three years to cover the most most of it. So if you're doing that both Sunday and weekday, you know, at the end of two years, I mean, or three years, you would have covered most of the important bits. So I think a lot of Catholics are doing that. They're following, they're picking up according to the what the lectionary offers. And that's one way as well. But if you're going to study it a little bit more, then maybe you need to go into a single book at a time. And that's something that I would recommend. So we... Welcome Hello. back, Kevin. You conveniently disappeared when we started talking about the Bible. No, I, mu I must we... admit, I must admit, you know, I got a little bit excited. Father GT on our show for the very first time, you know, I got too excited. I must have hit something and, you know, it just all went poof and, you know, gone away. Yeah, so excited to have Father GT on the show. Thank you very much for being here. But I was following the conversation that uh, the both of you have been having and we've got a lot of questions coming in. Uh, Father Clarence, you were showing off a little bit of your Bible. And, you know, I was, I was thinking, you know, for those of you who um, have not picked up the Bible in a long time, like me, maybe you want to uh, check out one of my Bibles that I have here. I don't even call this a Bible. The children's Bible. <laughs> children's <laughs> stories of the Bible. Great way to start, right, Father? I see the Jerusalem Bible behind you, Kevin. I see the, the reader's version. Oh, uh, yeah, which I called yeah. the Jewish Bible at once on the show. Quite embarrassing. <laughs> but I think, Kevin, it's important for children to have Bible stories read to them or ones they can read for them, for us to have children's Bibles at home. You know, yeah. sadly, there is there are children's edition, editions of the Bible which go on very simple language. Perhaps you know, the, what we were talking of, the good news would be similar to that. But mm -hmm. sadly, there are no Catholic editions of those children's Bibles. But I think to start off with, we need to inculcate this Bible stories and, you know, Bible reading with our children. That's the very first place to start. You know, otherwise, they will never have the sense of reading. And, and, and you know, Malaysians nowadays read very little. You know, so we need to encourage our kids to be reading the Bible. Yeah. And if I can just add to that, um, because, you know, like I mentioned, I, I picked up this Bible because uh, when my nephew and niece, when they were very young, they used to stay over in my place on Saturday and we'll go to church together on Sunday. And Saturday nights, I'll actually just read one, one, uh, one story for them and all that. But you know what? Like as they grew older, grew bigger, you know, we just stopped that practice. And we even just stop reading the Bible or even talking about it. Just go to Mass and come back. And, you know, that, that's me. That's me. So I, I really regret doing that. And, you know, if I can just offer some advice, you know, once you start reading to the children, the young children, as they grow up, I think we should still continue to talk about the Bible, to talk about the readings in Mass. Don't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I think there are a lot of, I mean, I, I remember the children's Bible having a lot of interesting stories uh, at least I at least remember the version that I that we had at home, and I remember the story of of Daniel and the lion's den, uh, Jonah. Some of these you know interesting stories that keep ch children kind of glued to listening to how the story will end. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a nice start. I believe I believe that's a nice start to offer young children. But what, what if? Child, the, sorry, carry on. I'm just wondering. Maybe, maybe one of the reasons why we don't want to read the Bible to the, our children is because, you know, what if they have those questions that we can't answer? <laughs> then what do we do then? 
Google. Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Do we have more questions uh, coming in? Or Father Clarence, you have any questions for Father Gerard? Yeah. So we have a question here from, from Hillary. Uh, hi, Hillary. Morning. Thank you for your question. Uh, what about personal interpretations of verses and texts without knowing and understanding the background? Uh, so sometimes I think I think we, we talked about earlier. You know, how do you how do you how do you begin to understand uh, the context, uh, especially uh, of the Word of God? Yeah, this is important because um, the and that's why I emphasize the importance of the mind as well as the heart. Because otherwise, we, we take a personalistic approach and, you know, we, we might do what I, you know, that silly example I gave about, you know, go and do the same as Judas, you know. But the thing is, I mean, we need to understand the context of what was happening at that time, you know, and to see sometimes, I mean, we need to realize also that, you know, people were writing from a perspective of what they knew about God, you know, the writers brought in their, their perspectives as well. And so, like, for instance, you know, we look at quite a lot of the violence in the Old Testament. How do we approach that? You know, so the danger is that, is that do we, does that justify us doing the same in today's situation? Now that we know that a lot of the stuff is wrong. I mean, for instance, Paul, while he didn't encourage it, but he seems to have had no big problem with uh, slavery. You know, he knew the existence of slavery. He talked about Onesimus, you know, um, but he also talked in a way that treat Onesimus as a brother in Christ. But he didn't say free him, which today we might say that should have been your, your what he said. But I guess it's also a realization that, you know, revelation happens in time and we're learning new things about God and in the Old Testament, they didn't know everything yet. And Jesus sort of gave them new insights. Even in the New Testament, the church learned new stuff. And even now, as we apply the Bible more and more to ourselves, I mean, th this whole thing about Laudato Si, it's a re-looking, for instance, at what Genesis started out with, you know. So it's something that we need to recognize that it's about uh, applying with sense, using our minds, using the intelligence that God has given us, what, what has been said but needs to be reinterpreted for our time. But not reinterpreted simply, you know, my way, but we need the guidance of the church as how has the church always looked at a, a passage. We need the guidance, perhaps, say, of a commentary or a commentator. Uh, and this is where the church's teaching authority is important. Yeah. So how do we... Uh, Go ahead, sorry, Kevin. I just want to add on that uh, because we're talking about interpretation and, you know, like some people will say, you know, uh, uh, what does the Bible say to you when you when you read it? So how do we balance that out or how do we judge if we are going off track? And that's hard. Okay, that's hard sometimes. But again, is what I read, is that consonant with other parts of the Bible? Is it consonant with consistent with, for instance, um, the things that the, the church teaches about faith. You know, if it's some way out thing, then I need to ask myself, hey, is this really of God? Or have I, 
you know, gone on my own personal little journey, my own little adventure. But, you know, I, I'll come to a dead end at some point. You know, so again, I think in prayer also we, we, we have to be listening to God and say, is this, does this bring joy? Does this bring hope? Do I feel Jesus in this or is there something that's not right? Yeah, I, I just have to add to that. I think I think one of the things that you know sometimes people read uh, in trying to understand uh, the the word of God. Uh, I always ask them the question, you know, what does the word say to you? And it it always has to be to the individual first, because sometimes people are trying to read the word of God and trying to you know apply it on somebody else or pass a judgment on on somebody else. But I I believe the primary uh, subject. That, that that would like to engage with the word and is ourselves to ask ourselves uh, how that word applies to to each one of us. Now, and I think this is just you know to add to to a little bit of I'm going to put you in a bit of a spot uh, for the Gerard uh, and ask you you know and young people have often tried to understand to rationalize this uh, you know they kind of ask me you know why why is there you know so much of violence especially in the Old Testament. How do you reconcile that? You know, that's that's. I'm always having this battle with with confirmation students. Uh, you know, uh, do you have a kind of a a, a response for, the, for for that question? And you alluded to that earlier. I, I think the revelation part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you know, at that point, people thought that God thought that way. You know, so like for instance. In, in some parts of the Old Testament, you know, and when people, when the Israelites were asked to go to uh, attack a, a, an enemy, you know, kill everybody, don't bring back anything, you know, today we would say, hey, that's wrong, you know, but the idea there, the, the thinking there was because if you didn't kill the enemy, you would be tainted by their beliefs. If you bring them back and bring their wives back and bring their children back, they bring their foreign gods with them and all that kind of thing. So we must understand the context was not so much as to kill them for the sake of killing, but for the sake of, you know, not, not having um, their foreign beliefs and their foreign gods brought there because it was a fragile faith for Israel at that point. They were finding their own footing. But, you know, today we'd say, hey, you know, there's a lot more about interreligious dialogue. You know, how do we go and kill everybody who's not of us? You know, we don't do that. We've learned, you know, something different. And when we look at, you know, Jesus himself, he he has a, a relationship with people of other faiths, some of whom were, you know, seen as big enemies in the Old Testament, but Jesus encounters them and shares his love with them. So we need to always look at the Old Testament in, in, in line with, what has the progression been along the way? So that violence, you know, that violence could be like, you know, a lot of the anger could be the anger that I might be feeling inside. How do I deal with that? You know, do I let it stay that way? Maybe the anger that, that is seen could be directed at our own anger at sin, at negativeness. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't give me license to go and, you know, kill and, you know, do what I like with other people. I think, you know, we, we need to see that, um, see that there has been a progression as people understood. 
things along the way. So uh, reading the Bible as like in a whole book instead of just taking one, uh, one part isolated yeah. out. And to see it in terms of how Jesus reinterpreted it. You know, like for instance, Jesus talks in terms of it was said in the old, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, as you know, that there is a, a change in the understanding of how things were to be interpreted. So today we, we are called to love, you know, uh, and, and let's not pretend that love wasn't there in the Old Testament. If you look at Deuteronomy, there's a lot of love in Deuteronomy. So, you know, it's not all gore and blood in the Old Testament. Let's get that very clear, you know, and uh, if we enter into the prophets, there's some beautiful stuff in there, you know, and Father Clarence will probably smile at this big, but, you know, my favorite book is A Song of Songs. And if you've got, you know, if you've got a, husbands and wives tonight, read the Song of Songs. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say, and you'll see. Ooh. Yeah, you, you get everything on this show. Some tips for husbands and wives. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have uh, more questions coming in. Uh, do we need to invoke the Holy Spirit before reading the Bible? Of course, because the Holy Spirit is God who directs us, who, who leads us on, who, who is there for us. And indeed, if you look at this year's uh, Bible message, one of the paragraphs is the Word of God comes alive in the Holy Spirit. A close relationship between the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Even Mary, the example is given when the Gabriel, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary. You know, she was. Gabriel told her, "The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you." And that's how the eternal high, you know, Word of God came to Mary. And for us as well, we need the Holy Spirit to enlighten us. Otherwise, the danger can be it stays in the mind and it's an intellectual exercise and we can go into Ajaransa Satla. Maybe I just want to bring the discussion uh, into the current situation that we are in. And I think we spoke a little bit about it earlier uh, in, in the fact that, you know, at the Mass, uh, there are two important aspects at the Mass. Uh, one is the Liturgy of the Word. Uh, then the liturgy of the Eucharist. Uh, at a time, and 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 the church's documents very clearly state that you know uh, Christ is visibly present and equally at in, in at both. But very often, I think for us uh, as Catholics, uh, we are kind of used to that tangible connection uh, by receiving Holy Communion, uh, but somehow a little bit more distant when it comes to listening to the Word. You know, and, and you know, I mean, sometimes you make a joke out of this. You know, when it, when it times for when it comes to the, the the liturgy of the word, you know, everybody sits down, and you know, some people listen, some people don't listen. That's when the mind begins to wander, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at a time like this, when when we are you know distant, physically distant from the church, uh, and maybe receiving communion, uh, to to also emphasize the importance of of the liturgy of the word uh, that that Christ is present. Just as much as uh, in the in the Holy Eucharist, uh, and He speaks to us, and I think that's something that that Vatican II has has emphasized also. Uh, maybe some of your thoughts, Father Gerard. Uh, you know, during this time, when people are not able to go to Mass. I mean, you know, how can the liturgy of the Word be that 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 connection uh, uh, with with Christ? 
I think one of the things I want to start off with saying is that in the new liturgy, the, the, the revised uh, translation of the liturgy, if you notice now, it is no more, this is the word of the Lord. It says, the word of the Lord, same as the body of Christ. And that change in, in the wording was to help us see the connection between the word of the Lord being given to us as in the body of Christ being given to us. Both, as Father Clarence just said, as equally important. And that needs to be emphasized. Uh, and, and the reality is that if we don't have the word, and in these times we haven't had the sacrament in terms of the Holy Communion, so where would we be without the word? You know, the reality is that even in our masses that have uh, been shared online, those are all about, you know, the word being shared, isn't it? But I think we need to recognize that not all of us have phones, not all of us have, you know, all these things that the person who is in the jungle can, can have his Bible and still, you know, be in connection with God. You know, and I think that's important for us. More and more, I think this COVID-19, one of the lessons of COVID-19 is pick up your Bible. Pick up your Bible and hear God speak to you. You can't get to church. God still speaks through the Bible. Yeah, I think that's something that I think we all have to keep in mind. Uh, that now that we are opening our churches and, you know, slowly it's starting in a kind of a, on a rotational uh, basis. Some can go this week, some can go next week. But the connection with the Word of God, I believe, must continue. And I think Father Gerard has so rightly highlighted that we, we need that connection and that sense of, of, of being a part of a community that is reading the Word of God, that is reflecting the Word of God and kind of reliving that, that Word of God. You know, uh, So I, I call it the, the three R's of the Liturgy of the Word, you know, to be able to read, to be able to reflect, to be able to relive that how that early life of the Christians uh, in, in a very concrete way. Uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, as much as we are, you know, hoping to get back to some sense of normalcy, going back to church, but it's going to be a while. But the, 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 the word of God is still there. And, you know, as I said, uh, Christ is equally present in the word of God. Like you said, the word of God and the body of Christ is, is both important. But when we do get back to some sense of normalcy for the Gerard, you know, uh, if for somebody who, who wants to, to read and understand a bit more, uh, what are the, some of the programs that we have had in, in the Archdiocese? Uh, and hopefully, you know, we will have them again uh, at a later date that somebody who likes to start understanding reading. What are some of the programs that they could sign up for? Okay. Um... In a lot of parishes, they have been using the Bible timeline, for instance. Uh, Monsignor James has also been popularizing the Bible in 100 weeks, uh, Bible in 40 weeks. Uh, some of us have been doing Bible courses. I mean, this year in my parish, and you know, we, got, we got caught by COVID-19, we were beginning to look at the Gospel of Matthew this year. We did Luke last year. And, you know, one of the things I want to do is to now, I mean, it's taught me that, you know, and also to multiply myself in a sense of being able to share it with a wider range, I need to be thinking in terms of putting it out on, you know, online so that people can go to it when they feel like it. Um, 
There was a very good program, Disciple. Uh, I thought that was an excellent program. It was a Methodist program that had been used by the Catholic Church with some adaptations. That was very good. Um, and there's a, you know, lots of other little programs that are, you know, not the whole Bible at a go, but you know, like a lot of the Scott Hahn programs, a uh, uh, lot of different. Bishop Barron has has programs. I mean, um, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff out there, but I think you know you need to be careful with who it is that is providing it, and you know. Uh, Formed has a lot of programs that not all are biblical, but some are indeed biblical. You know, the, some of them are spiritual or, or theological, but there's a lot of stuff out there. In fact, there's there comes to a point that, you know, like I can't keep up with, you know, all the stuff that's out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, certainly there's a lot. And, uh, it, yeah. to, to discern, I mean, as you said, there's a, you know, whole load of material out there in the internet you just have to google and you find and is to find the right one uh and not just the the right uh uh program but also the right teaching uh and i think that's very important yeah kevin you wanted to say something no no just just adding to uh father gerard uh what he said and of course we're looking forward to uh uh, if he's going to have a program of his own, and I'm sure many people would like to uh, subscribe to that. But uh, are there any online Catholic Bible courses? There's a question here. There are, uh, but sadly, some of them cost money. Hmm. You know, uh, so it's buying into a program. Uh, some of the programs that are out there, you know, you have to buy the handbook, for instance. So that's where it becomes a problem, and I'm, I'm not very happy with with the cost of some of those handbooks, quite honestly, you know, because I think that pulls us back from being able to use it for everybody. That's why when I when I provide my my Bible course, I say there's no handbook. You just bring your Bible. That's all, you know, and and it's freely given uh, thing. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. But again, you know, I think parishes need people to run the programs. Uh, I'm happy in a parish where you know there, there, there's a, a formation team that has been running programs even before I came into the picture, you know. So I try and complement what they're doing. And so you run a program on a Monday, I run a program on a Thursday, so people can choose, you know. So yeah. Hmm. So let's let's dangle the carrot before you for the Gerard. Uh, if you are considering running. <laughs> Uh, our team at Catholics at home. I'm now. I'm going to volunteer them. I don't know whether you like. <laughs> yeah, we are more than welcome to use our platform to to run some of your Bible courses during this time when people are unable to to gather in in churches for such programs. So it's an open invitation. Uh, putting my team on the spot now here. So Kevin, which means that you yeah, have no problem. <laughs> we, we'd love to have that. Love to have Father Gerard. You know, the viewers watching, if you want Father Gerard to do his program on our show, just type in yes. We want to see all the yeses coming in, you know, so we can spur him on and uh, convince him, <laughs> convince him to do his program on our show. So, you know, help us to get uh, Father Gerard on our show. Just type in yes. Well, uh, Father Gerard, I know you've got to go because uh, you've got a busy day ahead of you. But before we go, maybe you can just ask you, like, uh, what are some of your favorite verses from the Bible? Well, one of mine is Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. It's actually a blessing, okay? Uh, except the danger with our Catholics is that some, you know, some people who simply want to catch out or are just plain ignorant, 
hey, father, you give me numbers, sir. Must buy this number, is it? So I'm not giving that as a number. So I'd rather read from my favorite psalm. Okay. My favorite psalm is Psalm 121. And I always offer this very often to people. And I say, you easy to remember because we've had a one to one conversation. So I often give it at, I often give it out as, as a penance as well at, at, at uh, confession because I think it talks so beautifully of, of our relationship with God. If I can read from it, please. And this, I, I want to say the context where I was really touched by it was in Cameron Highlands one uh, New Year's Day when I went up to celebrate Mass for there. And somehow it spoke to me and, you know, you'll see why. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. That's my favorite piece at the moment. Wow, that's lovely. I should read the Bible more often. <laughs> one to one. But, so you, yeah, got, one, you, someone... you, you have you have your your first uh, f uh, participant in your program. Kevin is going to sign up now. <laughs> yeah, and you know we've got a lot of yeses. So you know, Father Gerard, you can't you can't walk out on us right now. A lot of yeses on our Facebook page. They all want you. I can't read all the names, but you know, yeah, we certainly look forward to that. And you know, I tell you what, we're going to cut that clip there, and we're going to send it on WhatsApp. It's going to be viral, Father Gerard. Yeah, a lovely one. So, Father Clarence, what about your favorite verse before we say goodbye to Father Jirat? Well, uh, my favorite verse would be the theme that I chose for my ordination. Uh, it's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Uh, my grace is sufficient for you. And I think that has kind of you know led me all these years. So if there's, I mean, of course, I love all the, the whole Bible and all the other words. But if you put me in a corner and ask me, choose one, just one verse, uh, because that is the verse that uh, has led me through the years in the seminary uh, and also here in my priestly ministry. Uh, and Paul struggles with his own challenges and he begins to realize that it is God who's leading, uh, that God's grace is the one uh, that gives us and leads me at this time. So that's my favorite one, Kevin. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Uh, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm sure Father Gerard knows that too. Uh, Lovely. Okay, any more questions before we uh, wrap up our show? No, no questions. All right, wonderful. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Father Gerard, for being with us, sparing some time for us this Saturday morning. Certainly an important topic, and I'm sure our listeners, uh, viewers, were enlightened by all the things that you and Father Clarence have shared. Uh, Father Clarence, do you want to end with a prayer before we say goodbye? Sure. Yeah. Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, our loving Father, we thank you for this day that you have provided for each one of us the gift of life, love, and all the things that you grant us, even without us asking. We thank you for the Word, the Word that was made flesh for your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for speaking to us through that Word. 
And as we celebrate Bible Sunday, may we be inspired also to allow the seed to be sowed into good soil, that your word may grow in our hearts and not just grow, but to bear fruit. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Son. Amen. All right, so that's our show. Once again, uh, thank you to Father Gerard and also uh, Father Clarence for being with us. And uh, don't forget to like our Facebook page, share it, and uh, tell everyone about it. You can share this uh, broadcast, which will be, uh, of course, uploaded and uh, recorded, and share it with your friends. So have a blessed weekend, and don't forget to pick up the Bible this weekend. See you all soon. Bye-bye.